Back to episode 112 of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I like how we're keeping track now. I'm Dan Reiner. I'm Jessica Rhino. Yeah, I keep it at the uh, top of my notes now. It's the first thing I do. I just take the old notes and I add a number. Oh, clever. That's how math works. That is how math works. Uh, today we're going to be talking about chapter 19 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Lion and the Serpent. You're excited about this one. I am. Uh, but before we do that, and before I even talk about Chapter 18, I want to talk about Missouri Comic Con. Ooh. Yeah, tell me about it. Because I was in... I didn't get to go. I was in the hizzy, what? as the young people say, <laughs> at Missouri Comic Con last weekend in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, as you are listening to this, it is February of 2022. But uh, Missouri Comic Con, it was apparently the first time they had put on this show. It was super well attended. There was geeks everywhere, which is awesome. Every seemingly, you know, main stage panel was, was packed and the show floor was packed. The parking was packed. There was a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of people there and everything's, Everybody had real positive things to say about it, especially sometimes there's growing pains with the first year Comic-Con. And, you know, sometimes they put these new shows on and they just don't last very long because of the struggle bus that they're on. <laughs> as as oh. my dog goes, oh, oh man. Sound effects today. So yeah, I hosted Harry Potter trivia. I, I flew solo for this one since you weren't there. And I always have two concerns whenever I host these panels or whenever we host these these events. And what are they? That the tech isn't going to hold up mm-hmm. and that no one is going to show up. Good job. Fortunately, it was, well, maybe unfortunately for some people, it was packed. Um, there was... It was a, you know, not a huge room, but not a small room either. Mm-hmm. And a medium room, uh, Daniel? Would you say medium? Uh, I'd say a mid-size room, mid-size sedan room. Huh. Have... Wait, what? <laughs> it's a car now? Yeah. It was a room. Uh, so, of course, my father made the trip with me. Yeah. And... So, of course, when the room is packed, he stands up and he's counting everybody. <laughs> just, One, just while he's, two, while sir, he's just chugging a Diet Coke. Stay, stay there. Don't move on me. One, two, three. Oh, you moved. Now I have to start over. One, two. So there was over, he said there was over a hundred people there. And there couldn't have, we couldn't have possibly fit 
anybody else in there. But the front seat was empty because nobody wanted to sit in the very front. Well, my friend uh, Jelly came and sat in the front there. <laughs> and, and just stretched out. Yeah, so there, there was about, there was probably three seats available, but there was also like maybe 30 people standing up around the outside. So, I mean, I, I mean, I guess we could have fit 10, pe- 10 more people in that room, but it was, it was very packed. It was very well attended. The other thing was the technology and for the trivia that we do, we need Wi-Fi or, or cell connection and comic cons are notorious for poor cellular connection. Yeah. And those big buildings, mm-hmm. big concrete buildings. You and many I, layers between you and the outside world. You and I, a few years ago, after going to so many Comic-Cons, resorted to buying walkie-talkies. Yes. Because <laughs> we we would try to communicate with each other, and the calls and texts wouldn't go never, through. Never go through. So, fortunately, though, there things wa- have gotten better. It, the, things that have was years yeah, ago. I so think like, I think the Wi-Fi the cells, yeah. it didn't work. We got the walkies. We used those for a while, and then the cell service got better yeah and i think the wi-fi technology has has improved too they're able to to cover i notice like when we go to stadiums and things like that there's there's wi-fi available it's not usually great because of the the sheer size that they're they're trying to cover but there was wi-fi in the building it was a little spotty uh there were certain sites that wouldn't load like my dad was trying to get on CBS News and things like that. and uh, I guess the more complicated sites wouldn't load. But I think for, for most people that were participating in the trivia, there was a few people that had a little trouble logging in. Uh, we eventually got that figured out. Uh, my brother was there as well, and he was saying that he was playing along with the trivia. He actually finished like 16th out of, you know, 100 or so people. So props to Andrew Slytherin so in the house. He probably cheated. Uh, my dad actually didn't finish last. Nice. <laughs> he had like ten people that finished lower than him. Oh. So and he knows nothing about Harry Potter. <laughs> he said my strategy, bud, was <laughs> just to answer as quickly as possible because the the format that we use, you get more points for a quick correct answer than you would a slower correct answer. So he was just f- taking flat-out guesses and answering fast and didn't finish last. So props to my dad, another Slytherin. Nice. But the, uh, you know, the, the Wi-Fi, there, we figured out that if it disconnects you, you can, like, refresh it real quick. Um, maybe some people di- figured that out. Maybe some people didn't. But nobody really, you know, nobody complained or anything like that. Gave away tons of uh, prizes. Gave away tons of, uh, not only to the winners, but also tons of door prizes we had uh gave away a lot of t-shirts and some people put their t-shirt on immediately which was cool in that room in the room they just over over what they were they didn't they didn't undress or anything but it was so hot ah that ah there we get to the the uh the real star of the show i think your concerns needs to be added to the real star of the show was the heat miser (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who was apparently present in that room. Well, you had that raging fireplace, right? That was... Pardon me? There was a raging fireplace that, that no. warmed up... Uh, no. Oh. No. Uh, it's... Big windows with lots of sun Mm-mm. shining in? Nope. None of those. Bacon in the room? Nope. Oh. There was no bacon in the room either. <laughs> 
Uh, you could have fried bacon on the, the, t- the chairs and tables in this room, though. It was so hot in this room. Um, I came in into February. The, I came into the panel beforehand, uh, just to kind of scope everything out. And it had two doors to the, to the room and both doors were closed. And it was so hot in there. I thought maybe I was sitting like under a vent or something like that. But, people were were sweating bullets and when it was my turn for the panel to come up i got set up i opened both of the doors and left them open just to try to get some semblance of a of a breeze going through and and that was fine i mean sometimes we overheard people cheering at the the main stage but i just yelled at them to keep it down and hey Keep it down. Told, out told there. the Power Rangers that were on stage to <laughs> quit riling everybody up, and we were good. But it was it was so hot. My uh, my brother and my dad both said that no hyperbole that it was it was in the mid eighties probably in that room. And just the fact that everybody was you know sitting so close together that probably added to it. And there was a a thermostat on the wall by where I was. Uh, seated and there was a person in there from the comic-con who was kind of like the uh the gatekeeper for the for the panels that day Mm -hmm. and i would thought that well surely he would have messed with this and you know turned it down but it was on like 65 and i thought maybe maybe like the the reading is broken and it it thinks the room is 65 but it's really 20 degrees hotter (laughs) so i just turned it all the way down and it was like an old like dial it wasn't like digital or didn't have you know uh, up and down arrows or anything like that i just turned it all the way down i think 55 was the lowest setting and when i turned it it just spun in a circle (laughs) and went right back to like the hotter temperatures so this thermostat is obviously useless (laughs) And obviously obsolete. And obviously shooting out uh, fires from the depths of Hades. Yes. <laughs> but other than that, I, I got so many uh, compliments. People that had a, an awesome time. We gave away so many prizes. People were wearing their... I saw people wearing their broomsticks and butterbeer buttons around the, pan, around the, the Comic-Con later on. People wearing their shirts later on. They probably changed out of their sweaty clothes and changed into their fresh broomsticks yeah, and butterbeer nice shirt something fresh to clean into and we had or you know fresh to change into we had themed shirts for each house and things like that so i was like I-, I need a hufflepuff who wears a large and i'd throw it out i need a slytherin that wears an xl and i'd throw it out so it was a lot of fun um i would love to go back and do it again next year and i'd uh maybe you'll even be able to come with me even though you won't be able to stay with my brother because you're allergic to cats very allergic like, swapping Saturdays would not have been a big deal. I could have done that, but I would not have been able to survive. So you won't be there future. next year, we've decided. At your brother's house. <laughs> because part of the appeal is that I didn't have to pay for a hotel room. Hmm. hmm. But we could get a free night somewhere or something. Yes. We'll see. We'll see okay. if we can make it happen. So Missouri Comic Con was I awesome. Sleep in the car. <laughs> it was awesome. We hope we'll they'll have us back uh next year and then uh for now we're on to I think SalukiCon is the next one coming up. SalukiCon? April? Oh, okay. That's we'll nice. have an intern look it up. But we are officially on the books for the library. Ah, yeah, St. Louis 
County Library were hosting a Harry Potter trivia night. Is, do we have a date for that? May 20th. And that's on a... Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, May 20th, 2023. Yes. At your branch? At my branch. Florissant Valley. So for anybody in the St. Louis area... Yep. Uh, we'll probably be sharing some information on Twitter and Facebook and... Uh, registration is required. But it's so free. So get a head account, but it's free. It's free. And we're going to have uh, prizes for the winners and door prizes and t-shirts all the fun things all, all kinds of good stuff so looking forward to that so we've got saluki con in uh carbondale illinois i think that's in april and then uh harry potter trivia st louis county library uh florissant valley branch in may. may and if you're listening to this in 2026 they all happened and they all went great and everybody had a great time and it was a reasonable temperature in the room yes yes i, I can almost guarantee it at the library you don't you can't guarantee you don't know how how i don't i i was gonna say guarantee it because it's never been too hot or too cold but i don't know where the thermostat is Mm. because we've never had to mess with it because it's always fine Mm. you don't know how central air works just anything could happen anything well let's talk about uh, what happened in chapter 18 last chapter dumbledore's army the boys are mistreating poor animals in charms class The Gryffindor Quidditch team has been given permission to reform. Hermione is starting to worry that the secret Defense Against the Dark Arts lessons may be a bad idea because Sirius thinks it's a good idea. That makes sense. Uh, Harry's scar starts to hurt again, and it seems that Harry can feel Voldemort's emotions. Dobby tells Harry about the secret Room of Requirement, a special hidden room in Hogwarts that basically provides you with whatever you need, a.k.a. the perfect place to hold secret Defense Against the Dark Arts training. And we have the first meeting of the newly minted Dumbledore's army. And we practice the Expelliarmus incantation. With very varying events. Uh, I can't talk today. Very (laughs) varying results. Easy easy for you to say. No, not really. (laughs) You don't know good speaking like me and you. I don't. I think I just have enough enough caffeine yet. Uh, I'm off the caffeine. Uh, because it messes my stomach up, so I'm tired all the time. But you can talk, so I don't know. Uh, Chapter 19, The Lion and the Serpent. Uh, Harry is actually starting to feel good at the beginning of this chapter, isn't he? Yeah, I was like, that's like the very first couple of lines, and I'm like, wait, what? Why? He says he has like a talisman in his chest that keeps him warm and happy and... And he can stand being in uh, Umbridge's class and smile at her. And I'm like, what? And then, oh, because of the Defense Against the Dark Arts. So it's he, he kind of gets a good feeling around Umbridge now because it feels like it's kind of like sticking it to her by yeah. holding these secret classes, like right under her nose, basically. Yeah. He's just like, haha, you don't know what we're doing. He doesn't even read his book. He just sits there and thinks about his secret classes and what's been going on and well here's the thing with this uh series of books whenever harry starts to feel positive you know some bad stuff's going to happen in this chapter oh yeah that's kind of a common thing in books uh hermione devises a pretty clever way to notify the students of the day and time of the next secret dada class hasn't she pretty clever is kind of an understatement they all just look at her like 
who are you and how do you do these things? Yeah, it's not even, they're not, the, the other students are not even astonished by the cleverness of it, but just the, um, the difficulty of performing such a uh, incantation or a charm. So what is, what is her method here? She gives everyone a fake galleon. And apparently on the edge of it where the serial number is supposed to be, it is the date and time of their lesson. And Harry has, like, the master copy. And when he changes his, everybody else's will change to match his. And it'll even, like, warm up in their pocket to tell them, hey, mm. you, have a, you have a message. You've got mail. There was even a comment that the only thing they were worried about is accidentally like getting it mixed up with their regular money and accidentally spending it. And Ron said, well, that's not trouble for me because I never have any money because I'm poor. Wah, wah, wah. I'm a poor. But yeah, everybody else was just staring at her like she was waiting. Like, is this a good idea? Do you want to do this? Why am I not getting any feedback? And it's not just... that we don't want to do it. How were you able to do this? You did this? The, like Apparently that's like you a, did a, this. like a thing they said it was like a Knew higher it. level a newt thing. Mm -hmm. So we already know that Hermione is very clever and uh, a very proficient witch. And we finally get the 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 little anecdote about why is she not in Ravenclaw? Mm. That's right. One of the students even asked her are you sure you're not in Ravenclaw? Why are you not in Ravenclaw? And she says that the house, or that the Sorting Hat had debated putting her in that house, but ultimately decided to put her in Gryffindor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's been a lot of, we've talked about that a little bit in the past. There's a little bit of a rebellious streak um, in Hermione. Uh, not Not overly so, but... You know, she has shown a lot of fortitude and a lot of bravery in these books. And she's shown that she is willing to bend the rules a little bit for the greater good. And, you know, there's a... I could honestly see Hermione in any house other than Hufflepuff. You know, I could honestly see... Yeah, she could totally be in Slytherin too. Yeah, because she obviously. is ambitious. She mm -hmm. wants the best grades in the class. She wants to She's be very the driven. top one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, big Quidditch match between Slytherin and Gryffindor coming up. Uh, Professor McGonagall even gives the boys zero homework in the week leading up to the match so they can have more time to practice. So, is this no homework for the whole class? Is it no homework for just the Quidditch players? It just seems kind of strange. It's no homework for the whole class. But she, like, when she says no homework, she makes a vague comment about, I think you guys have enough on your plates right now. And then she singles out Harry and Ron. It's like, and maybe you two should use this time to practice. Gotcha. Gotcha. I didn't know if she was just giving preferential treatment to the, the Quidditch players. Are you freezing right now? You're... <laughs> I can only I can only see a head popping out of a, a, a snuggly blanket right now. Yes, I'm cold. You're cold. You should have been in that room at Missouri Comic Con. I'd be like, "This is great." He heated you right up. You would have put you right to sleep. Uh, lots of trash talk by the Slytherins leading up to the match. Describe the difference with the way that 
Harry handles this and the way Ron handles this. Harry's just kind of used to it. And he even says that, that Ron doesn't have the, the years of practice that Harry has. He's been ridiculed since day one. Kind of desensitized and, to And it. not just for Quidditch, just for being who he is mm-hmm. and the trouble that he gets into. And, and then also for Quidditch. So, yeah, it's nothing to Harry now. He's got a thick skin. He rolls off him. He shoots things back. It just doesn't bother him. Whereas Ron, it's his first time dealing with it. And it's just, it's really getting to him. Ron has a lot of nerves leading up to his first match. I mean, he's questioning whether he he even should have tried out for the team. He's, you know, questioning whether he's good enough. They're, you know, Harry is very confident in Ron's ability to at least be passable but ron is is not well harry's confidence might be a little misplaced Mm -hmm. as we find out a little later but um you know ron is the youngest boy he's always been overshadowed everybody in his how all his older brothers are a bit you know successful and if not successful then incredibly charismatic and likable and fun you know the twins and then i know we don't talk about ron's physique that much but like in the song that we talk about later Mm -hmm. they talked about how he was you know fat and i'm like well you know i always pictured him as a little little chubbier i mean mm-hmm. harry's malnourished so next <laughs> to harry anybody looks a little thick but you know i just kind of picture him as that like pre-puberty boy that has packed on a few pounds and mm-hmm. hasn't shot up yet testosterone hasn't kicked in yeah he hasn't grown upward yet just the outward mm-hmm. so you you're know you're talking about me you know no <laughs> every every boy because um, I, I was a roly-poly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very common body type to go in scenario to go through for boys. Um, but yeah, he just and he wasn't handpicked for it like Harry was. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, oh my gosh, you have to be on the team. You don't have to try out. You don't have to do anything. You are on the team because we need you and you're amazing. And we're even going to break all the rules mm-hmm. so that you can be on the team. And Ron is basically replacing Oliver Wood, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who was, ran the team. Who was the captain and was a, apparently a, an excellent keeper. And so that just kind of, you know, adds on to what to the feelings that Ron is having right now and kind of, you know, piles on. And and Ron isn't bad by by any stretch, you know. He even they even talk about a spectacular play he had in in practice. But we find out later that Ron says, "Well, that kind of happened by accident. I fell off my broom and, and I was like ac- accidentally kicked on. the the quaffle all the way into the the other goal." But you know, he can be Ron's confidence is like a slippery slope. And I, he kind of feels like that if he makes a mistake, that that confidence is just going to dwindle more and more. And the, in in sports, they talk about they talk about the metaphor of quicksand. 
where quicksand on the field. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you have the replacements on yeah, your bingo the movie card. The replacements with that. Keanu Reeves is excellent, it's by amazing. the way. But they talk about in sports. They talk about quicksand, where you know, basically, the more you struggle, the de- the deeper you go, and, and then, the faster and, you go. Yeah, down. and and the and it's harder to dig yourself out. And that's kind of what Ron is experiencing now with, with his uh, lack of confidence. So Ron's kind of a mess. He didn't sleep too much. He can't eat much, which is rare for him. Uh, he's regretting even trying out for the team. And then Luna shows up for breakfast. Yay! <laughs> and I finally get the explanation finally. for that Funko Pop that you have. I had to have it, too. You thought i was crazy i was like it's luna with the lion hat on i have to have it and that this was years ago years that we got that so uh describe what luna is wearing <laughs> in the books luna is described as wearing like a legit head of a lion as a hat that she killed with her own apparently <laughs> yes in the movie it's more of like she made it out of fabric mm-hmm. but in the books I mean, am I wrong here? It sounds like it's a legit lion head on her head. There's even a, uh, I don't know if your your copy had, a, I had a picture of it. Oh, I didn't the, have a picture. At the beginning of uh, my chapter. No. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a fun chapter for Jess. And uh, she can tap it with her, wa- her wand and it makes a very real life <laughs> roar and scares everybody in the, in the dining hall. And So I'm supporting Team Gryffindor. Good luck, Ronald. Uh, Hermione gives Ron a little good luck kiss on the cheek. He's getting all kinds of support. So did Hermione feel that Ron just needed a little pick-me-up? Or is there a... There may be something there that wasn't there before. Because she didn't give Harry a kiss on the cheek. No, she did not. Um, I think we're still pretty far away from them realizing they have things going on. I mean, I think Ron has kind of inadvertently realized it a few times. Like when he saw Hermione at the Yule Ball, um, there was a little bit of jealousy. almost jealousy there. Yeah. yeah, he's always kind of uh, had it out for Victor, Victor Crumb. <laughs> I almost called him Well, Car- he went from being I was a like, fan no, not Karkaroff. To- <laughs> he's the other guy. Victor Crumb. So I, there's always been like something with from Ron's side that I've kind of noticed under the surface, mm-hmm. but under the and maybe there's something there with uh, Hermione as well. Just it's deep down in there. I, I think just seeing him so distraught, yeah. kind of got to her. So. Could have given him a hug. Mm-hmm. She didn't. No. A kiss. Yep. But I kind of feel like the the kiss was less risky because, like, if she'd hugged him, he's, like, in so much shock, he might not even have hugged her back, and that mm. would have felt kind of rejection-ish. The quick kiss on the cheek was in and out, and she didn't have to... It was, like, less risk. Gotcha. The Slytherin students are all wearing badges that say, Weasley is our king. And we'll find out why in just a second here. But before we uh, talk about that, it's important to mention that Crab and Goyle have joined the Quidditch team as well, which just is going to add to the fun here. Yeah, so when we got to that part, I kind of 
it made me stop and think a little bit about the I guess, body types mm-hmm. of all of the different players mm-hmm. and how, because they were talking about how Crab and Goyle replaced uh, the other two beaters who mm-hmm. were also like big buff Meaty, meaty boys. boys. Big, like they wanted the biggest boys possible. For, Big meaty slabs of meat. For beaters. And then on the other side, we've got Fred and George. Yeah. Who are like bean poles. And uh-huh. I mean, I guess. It just it, seemed very strange yeah, that. But you do see that, like, in, um, you know, I think about, like, in basketball. Uh, I'm reading a book right now about the, the Los Angeles Lakers in the, in the 80s and 90s. And. The, the center position, you know, was like the big man position. And there's always been kind of like a, 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 a dynamic between the different types of centers you would see. Like you would have some that are like 6'10 and kind of medium body types. But then you'd have some that are like 6'8 and really muscular. And then you'd have some that are like 7'7 seven seven and are like bean poles. And... They all have their advantages. You know, some are a little quicker than others. Some uh, you can kind of, you know, take advantage more of physically. Uh, but there isn't, like, one body type for, like, the center position. And now, like, in, in centers in the NBA, the, the position kind of doesn't even exist anymore because everybody, you know, they don't really just have a spot for, like, a Shaquille O'Neal who just, you know, backs people down into the paint. Everybody can shoot now. Everybody can dribble. Everybody can run the floor. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's advantages to being a little less bulky. Maybe it like, you know, improves your speed a little bit. Maybe you're a little more agile, but maybe there's advantages to being, you know, bigger too. You can put, you know, more force behind, uh, uh, the bat or. Yeah. Definitely more powerful mm -hmm. swing. Whereas the Weasleys probably are faster because, I mean, any time you put a heavier object on, Mm the broom i would sure. assume it's going to slow it down a little Absolutely. bit i don't know maybe magic is impervious to that sort of thing <laughs> but it seems logical but i mean it, it does kind of make sense that like a if the position is called the beater <laughs> that it would be like a big strong powerful player but you know it, it maybe there's advantages like i said to and both it seems of them. like the chasers are all female uh-huh and then the keepers usually Another male, and then the seekers are like malnourished little, little boys, <laughs> little tiny boys, <laughs> little tiny boys whose voices haven't changed yet. <laughs> well, uh, the match starts, and here come the here comes the reasoning behind those Weasley as our king badges. It's part of a taunting song that these it's slid- like a whole full campaign they're running yeah they they <laughs> it is multi-layered multi-faceted the badges are but a microcosm <laughs> of the bigger picture it's part of the song that has several verses to it it just goes on and on <laughs> like i started skipping it it is the song that doesn't end Hopefully somebody had that on their bingo card. Uh, basically, the song is saying that Ron is so bad of a keeper for the Gryffindor team that he'll actually end up helping Slytherin be victorious. That's yeah. why Weasley is our king. Yeah, it's like he's on the other. He's really playing for the. Yeah, other he's team. really playing. He's so bad for the Gryffindors that he's really beneficial. Like he's intentionally for the letting them go through. Yeah. Like he's he might as well not have a keeper because he's on our side. 
Can you do uh, like they do in hockey, like when they're down late in the game, they pull the goalie out so they can get like an extra attacker? You think they could do that? I don't think so because it doesn't seem like they have any alternates. The team is the team. Yeah. They're not ever subbing anybody in. But could you think the keeper could just like go, go be a chaser? Yeah, or like go help look for the the snitch or. Um. So you did text the group about this. Kelly got very aggressive with me quite a, about this. <laughs> you know she gets upset if you don't know all the rules. She's gonna be like, I did not get upset. I was not aggressive. And she's going to yell at us about that, too. In an aggressive manner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'll get, I got that in my notes. So okay. let, me, let me get okay, to the next thing, and then it's literally like two things down in my notes. Uh, Ron is letting the taunting get to him. He's let in several goals. Jordan's trying to surround it out. Yeah. The announcer. He's trying to drown it out. And Luna's trying to drown it out with the roar of the lion. Yeah, Luna! (laughs) Uh, Harry knows he needs to catch the snitch to win this game and kind of bail Ron and the team out of trouble. But Harry is spending a lot of time kind of just muddling around and kind of watching the action. Mm -hmm. Is he just transfixed on... Ron's struggles and feels bad for his friend, or what's going on here? Well, Daniel, uh, we're reading the book from Harry's point of view, so we wouldn't know if he didn't pay attention. <laughs> why are you being aggressive with me? What did I? Why, <laughs> what did I do? Sorry, nothing. You didn't do anything. I, I, I wasn't being aggressive. I, I was being. Think I've been pretty being docile. Sassy. <laughs> It was sassy, not you're aggression. You're being snarky is what you're being. Right? You're showing a little snark. Um, no. Uh, he's concerned about his friend. And, you know, it's the train wreck. It's the car accident on the side of the highway. It's like, oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, see, I don't look at those because yeah. I'm not a big piece of garbage that wants to uh, revel in other people's sorrow and slow down traffic at the same time. Mm, well, I look. So, (laughs) you look because you're in the passenger seat (laughs) with me. You're like, well, I'm not driving, so I'm looking. Well, those those crazy people who we saw at the gas, like they were racing down the street, and then they pulled into the gas station very aggressively. Very aggressive. I was like spun around in the seat trying to see what was going on behind us because we passed it. I'm like, what are they doing? There was two people that came by us on a residential road. Doing about on a cold, wet, snowy, yeah, freezy night. Doing about thirty over the speed limit. Seem to be chasing one another. One pulls into a gas station very abruptly. The other one passes them up and then realizes they had pulled into the gas station and pulls into a separate entrance of the gas station. I don't know what the the meaning the, behind the one all guy that just was. got out and acted like he was pumping gas. So I don't even the one that mm-hmm. turned second. Because he was closer to where we were at, I could still see him. He just like Maybe casually, they were both really casually got gas. out and got some gas. I was like, "What is happening?" They might right have both now? really needed to go to the bathroom. I don't know. He didn't. He didn't seem like anything was urgent. So the positions in Quidditch, and I threw this out to the the inner circle the other day. That's where Kelly like really came at me very aggressively. Are the positions in Quidditch? Did she cite like sources. Li- uh, yeah. Like she had examples for Yeah, you. she said something about I was at work. In the first I, book. I was reading it, but very quickly and casually, and, you know, hey, I'm not on my phone at work. 
Could you uh, go back to the? I know there's been a lot in the in the group chat. Maybe you can, if you can go back and find it uh, while I'm kind of setting in the scene here. I'm kind of. I was wondering if the positions in Quidditch are limited to their overall description. Like, can a seeker whose main job is to catch the snitch could a seeker participate in the offense you know could a seeker try to score goals could a seeker give you like a a, a man advantage you know if, it, if it's two on two you got the seeker now you got three on two and it's easier to score goals uh could harry throw his body in the way of a of a shot you know like uh like hockey hockey players are insane and they will put their body in front of a puck small compact piece of plastic that's going <laughs> over miles over 100 an miles an hour and um, it hits them in the hand and all of them shatter so it won't even the shot won't even make it to the goalie so the goalie won't even have to try to save it they'll block it you know before it even gets there could could a, a seeker or a, a a chaser do that because all i could find online was college rules you know for the modified form of quidditch that's played in in our world and those rules say that only the chasers and the keeper can touch the quaffle like the beater can't can't touch the quaffle the seeker can't touch the quaffle uh did you did you find anything here kelly says there is no penalty penalty for doing the task of another position in the in book one marcus flint takes the bat it says bay but bat from the beater and hits the bludger at wood to throw him off his broom, strategically, it wouldn't really make sense for your seeker to try to score goals. Because goals are only worth 10 points, mm-hmm. and catching the snitch basically wins you the game. Yeah, no but Harry's what the, the only one is. who can ever catch the snitch. Yeah. So if you're Draco, why not just not even try, because you know you're not going to be able to get it, and help your team do something else? Because, he almost got it. Because catching the snitch does end the game, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you win. We yeah, you're basically going to win. And we saw that with with uh, Victor in the Quidditch World Cup last year. So but that's not very common, I don't think. Like it's so drastically skewed with the points that if you catch the snitch and you haven't been totally, completely, and utterly awful. Or you could be totally and completely utterly awful and the game just didn't go go on long enough for them to score enough goals. Because they have to score a lot. It's only 10 for each. Yeah, but I think in this situation where you have a keeper like Ron who's struggling so much, you could put up so many points, I think, that it would render the capturing of the snitch insignificant. If you kept the game going. But if the other team... Especially since snitch, Harry's just kind of just looking around. Just, just watching the game. I think if they would have really focused on not, you know, maybe Draco doesn't focus on the snitch. Maybe Draco focuses on participating in the in the offense. They could have potentially stolen this game. And Kelly's going to tell me that I'm an idiot. So, well, I'm just going to say you're kind of slighting everybody else because, like, the other the rest of the team did really well. Uh... They kept it from getting to the. I mean, like they scored a few goals. But well, they didn't do well scoring, but they did well offense. Like every time, there were several times um, it was offensive headed, scoring. I mean, defense. <laughs> I don't do sports. <laughs> sports are 
weird. Um, no, I did play sports. I meant defense. So what was your point? You were just that the make? other the <laughs> other rest of the players were doing well. It didn't seem like they were doing that well. Uh, Harry spots the snitch and is in a race with Draco for it. And Draco only knows where the snitch is because he sees Harry going for it. But that's also Harry's strategy is to watch Draco in case he sees it. I don't think so. He says that. Nah. He says he's looking around for the snitch and keeping one eye on Draco. He's just keeping in one case eye on Draco because Draco spots he, him because you have to worry about him at all times because he's an he evil said. child. <laughs> he said in case Draco spots it. But both of them dive. They nearly dive to the ground before Harry barely comes up with a snitch, stealing the victory for Gryffindor. And there is a little bit of after the bell action here with, uh, I don't remember if it was Crab or Goyle. Crab, I think. Uh, hit the uh, bludger. And hit Harry in, in the back. In Harry's back, which was after the game was over. It's kind of like in boxing after the bell rings, hitting somebody. Um, it is very, very illegal and very, very frowned upon. But that wasn't the only thing that happened after the game. This is when Draco's wickedness really kicks in. Draco starts by repeating the verbal rundown of Ron that's been going on throughout the entire game. And when that doesn't work, Draco brings Arthur Weasley, the dad, into it, which sets off Fred and George. And then Draco brings up Harry's relationship with the Weasleys and finally has some bad things to say about Harry's mom. So Draco is pushing buttons until something works. Yeah. And I get that he was pushing buttons, and I get that, I don't know, for some reason more so boys are always very ready to go if he says anything about their mom. But... But especially with all the, you know, adrenaline and everything adrenaline after the match, and too. But I was a little annoyed that Harry was holding... Which one? George? Sure. Was holding George back. <laughs> like, no, don't do it. Just ignore him. Just ignore him. And being like all cool and level headed about it. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he says, he brings in Harry's mom, he flips the coin. Yeah. And just goes after. Well, Draco. we know Harry's been very emotionally uneven in this book. So it doesn't really surprise me that Harry would lash out like that. I guess I was more disappointed. Uh, Harry cannot control himself. He runs up to Draco, punches him in the stomach. No wand needed. No. We were just go using fisticuffs. Um, George chased after Draco, too, but didn't actually make contact with him. Harry got to him first. Oh, no, they were like... I think Harry got to him first, but it was like a ball. They... They messed him up. They punched him. Well, I, I, I said that like George had like a fat lip or something. Mm-hmm. So it, but it didn't really, it didn't seem like it described in the book that it was like a two-on-one beatdown or that Draco was getting any shots in or anything like that. I kind of just pictured Harry punched him in the stomach and then they both just like dove on him. And, and then Harry punched like the, George. The, the dust ball <laughs> rolling around on the floor. It just no. doesn't seem like that would like Draco would get any kind of offense in, it was in that. Probably in accidental elbow or something yeah like harry accidentally elbowed george <laughs> in a fit of rage uh fred wasn't uh in the the ball of chaos because he was being held back by other members of the team right yeah, it took three girls to hold him back 
Uh, but Harry and George are taken to McGonagall's office and given detention for their actions, but that's not good enough for Dolores Umbridge, who comes on and has other plans, doesn't she? Dun, dun, dun. So, Umbridge, uh, as a result of yet another decree by the Ministry involving themselves in the day-to-day running of Hogwarts, it seems, according to the new power that's been bestowed upon Umbridge, that she can kind of overrule everybody now, right? Mm-hmm. As far as punishments go? Yeah, she said she... <laughs> Basically, we also find out that it comes from something that McGonagall did. Apparently, Umbridge was not going to reinstate the Gryffindor mm-hmm. Quidditch team. So, um. Uh, McGonagall went above her to Dumbledore and got it reinstated. And then um, Umbridge didn't like that. She didn't like not winning that little battle. And so she got Cordelius Fudge to make another decree that says that she has the ultimate say Mm. in discipline and taking away or permitting privileges for students and it seems that harry and the twins as a result of this have played their last quidditch match they are banned for life life and her reasoning even though fred wasn't involved made no contact with anybody her umridge's reasoning is that had fred not been held back that he he would would have have been in there as well and it it was kind of like her saying too that well if they're base. These are two are basically the same person. If one person should get banned, I don't think we can trust the other one either. So everyone is feeling very down at the end of the chapter, but there is a glimmer of positivity at the end. Hermione peeks out the window and notices after a long absence, Hagrid is back at hey. Hogwarts. So at least we'll have that to look forward to in the in the next chapter. chapter. Something positive. Uh, a ray of sunshine in the middle of a storm. I don't see how she can ban them for life, though. Like, shouldn't she only have control over what happens at Hogwarts? So, like, as soon as they graduate? And that's pro- I, I'm I, that's kind of the way I took it. I didn't really think about, like, them being able to play, like, professionally or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of took it as, like, a, a Hogwarts ban. And she confiscated their broom, so like they can't even, yeah, play like, yeah, like on the playground. Yeah, like, exactly. Like the kids take a football out to recess mm-hmm. and play football. No, they can't play at all. Their yeah. brooms are gone. Yeah, so it's uh, like I said, the ministry is getting more and more involved in the day-to-day workings at Hogwarts, and that is not going to be positive for uh, Harry, Ron, Hermione. Basically, anybody outside of those that are ministry supporters and Umbridge supporters. And if you're friendly with her, then you're probably okay. If you're not, then uh, things are going to continue to be uh, troubling for you. Oh, yeah. Goyle's or Crab. I don't remember which one we decided it was. It was Crab. Hmm. His late hit. He only earned some lines. Mm-hmm. The right lines. That's it. Yeah, and not even the lines where they permanently tattoo themselves into your skin. <laughs> it's fine. So there's definitely a lot of preferential treatment going on. But uh, at least Hagrid's back, and we'll get to read about that in the next chapter. 
Uh, anything else you want to add about chapter 19, The Lion and the Serpent? Yes. I love Luna. Okay. That's it. Hot take. Yeah. Uh, no emails this week. You can always send those to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Hey, if you were at uh, Springfield Comic Con, shoot us an email and just let us know how you liked it. You can uh, uh, ask about the... Uh, the podcast you can ask about something that's on your mind you can uh, just let us know what you're what you're digging about the show and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the air uh follow us on twitter at broomsticks b that's broomsticks followed by the letter b no spaces no underscores uh like us on facebook and follow us there you can also message message us there uh subscribe to us on all podcast platforms when you subscribe you get the show immediately immediately if you're just searching out the show uh, episode by episode uh, sometimes you might not get it on uh, the day that it drops sometimes it might not uh, your feed might not update until the next day but if you're subscribed you will get it immediately and be able to follow all the goings on as we talk about uh, all of the harry potter novels specifically right now harry potter and the order of the phoenix and i think that's going to do it for us today so until next time, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Or a git. This has been Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. we'll see you next time. Bye. I got the magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Everybody knows.